Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter in studio with special guest Emma Lynn. Hey, Emma, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for joining me yeah, today. Thanks for having me. My co-host Eli is off on his honeymoon in Palau, so it's just me and Emma today, and we're really excited to first talk about the Golden Globes. Now, normally we'd spend this portion of the show talking about what we've been watching lately, but mm-hmm. we need to cover the Golden Globes because it was wild the way the Golden Globes <laughs> often are. I feel like the Golden Globes are like the tailgate party to the Oscars if the tailgate party was full of like very high people who were making very weird choices. That's an excellent description and I completely agree. (laughs) Thank you. So Emma, I want to ask you first, what was your takeaway from the Golden Globes? Well, I watched the Golden Globes this year the way I always do and it's mostly like through Twitter. I don't actually sit down and watch the whole thing. That's Um, probably the right choice. Yeah, I always sit down for the Oscars but Golden Globes, I'm like, I'll just get it absorb it from other people. (laughs) I don't need this in my life. Yeah. um, And I don't know. I kind of had a hard time with the nominations anyway because one of my favorites of the year uh, was Little Women and then The Farewell, and they did not get nominated for very much. And Mm. so uh, the results were just kind of a continuation of that disappointment. Aquafina, though. Exactly. So that's the one part I was very excited about. Um, So, yeah, she uh, was the first Asian-American woman who won that category from what I understand, which is very, very exciting. Yeah. And she seemed very flustered, which is always fun when they don't expect to win. Yeah, she seemed very shocked. Yep. It had Olivia Coleman vibes of the Oscars last year, <laughs> yeah, which totally. made me very, very happy. Um, so, yeah, that was probably a highlight for me. Um, also, uh, Bong Joon-ho for winning for Parasite. Yeah. Um, everyone was talking about his uh, quote about the subtitles. And once you get over reading subtitles, it opens up a world of films, which was a great, great quote. And I'm glad people are recapping that. So. Yeah. Um, I had watched The Farewell the night before seeing the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of one of those movies where, like, I knew I should see it, but for whatever reason. I was like, I just don't want to really sit down and watch, like, a family grappling with tragedy. Like, I'm never in the mood to do that. But I was finally like, (laughs) I should see The Farewell. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. And Aquafina is amazing in it. Mm -hmm. And I was outraged that Lulu Wong was not nominated like that's yeah. insane and that Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated yeah. um and they're both writers and directors and neither category <laughs> yeah, yeah like come on guys mm-hmm. I don't know what the Hollywood foreign presses deal is but yeah. I'm not liking it I really did not like Ricky Gervais's host no uh I watched the opening monologue finally because people were talking about it and um it's just parts of like call-out culture it just makes me tired <laughs> it's really tiring like Sure, it's stupid. Like, we all know it's stupid, but sometimes you need stupid things. The world is a hard and scary place, and you need some frivolity. That's why I love award season. Exactly. You need some frivolity to counteract the hard work you're doing in the areas that matter. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody needs a break. And that was kind of a night to, like, take a break and celebrate some good art that's been made this year. And Mm -hmm. his whole attitude of this is stupid. You're all stupid. All of you at home watching are stupid. Like, why make that choice? Why bring that guy in? His Mm -hmm. jokes must have been pre-approved. And how did nobody say, like, you know, maybe we could make our viewers feel good about watching this so they're watching it again next year? I just don't understand that baffling decision. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It it made me feel like... There are those TV shows where the protagonist is just, like, a terrible person, and I don't have any patience for those shows. I'm yeah. trying to think of a good example. But um, it had that vibe, and I'm just like, I don't want to spend my time watching this. It just, again, it's an, it should be an escape. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, what one, What wins surprised you? I did not think Aquafina was going to win, which was very exciting. Yeah. Um, 
I wish I could say I was surprised by anything else, but... I was very surprised by 1917. Oh, yeah. And that's one I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it either because mm-hmm. it's not out yet. Yeah. So, and, like, it looks good. Yeah, it does. I don't know that it's doing anything new, mm-hmm. but I think it's doing things we've seen before well. Yeah, it seems like it's well done, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, me too. Um, it really, really surprised me both for Best Picture and for Director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I feel like the Director category was... Pretty close race between everybody but Sean Mendes. I know that was Sam, actually. Is it Sam or Sean? Sam. Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. Yeah. Sean Mendes is the singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there was Quentin Tarantino, there's Bong Joon Ho. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. You know, like that was Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. I didn't see The Joker. Have you seen The Joker? No. I'm I know, scared. I know. I will, but I'm scared. <laughs> I need to see it, but I'm really dreading it mm-hmm. because I've heard not good things, but people who love it, love it. That's very true. Uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press seemed to love it. I mean, Walking mm-hmm. Phoenix won. Mm-hmm. His speech. Did you listen to his speech? I did. Also, I had no idea he was dating Rooney Mara, <laughs> and I learned that for some reason. I just didn't know Which, that. Have you seen her? Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the start of their relationship. That makes sense. Sure. Um, I thought his speech was kind of wild, but like kind of good in yeah. a way where I couldn't look away. It was kind of like, it was very rambly and you like couldn't quite tell what he was going for. And the end was kind of nice. I don't know. I just like so many of them were up there like, we need to make a better world for our children. Mm-hmm. It's like hard agree, but he like laid out specific ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was impactful. Albeit nice. like a little batshit crazy. Like he, yeah. he definitely came across as someone on drugs. Fine. <laughs> He's in Hollywood. Um, I thought Renee Zellweger's speech was bananas. Mm-hmm. I think she might be a bananas person. That's very true. In a delightful way. <laughs> I'm also very glad that people were calling out uh, to make a better world, even though Ricky Gervais was like, hey, that's a waste of time. And I'm they like, all completely ignored him. And I'm like, good, good for you guys. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Poor Jennifer Aniston had mm-hmm. just been chastised. Like, the whole room had been chastised, don't get up here and make a political statement. And yeah. she immediately has to read the state, read a statement from Russell Crowe, who is trying to fight fires in Australia about mm-hmm. how we need to act on climate change. And I was like, man, poor Jennifer. It was a tough job. That's no, tough. And she did it with grace. <laughs> yes. And I was happy for her. What do you think any of this means for the Oscars? It makes me nervous that the directing and writing categories are going to look the same. Because, um, again... Big, Lulu Wong, Greta Gerwig fan here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 1917 is going to be up for more than I anticipated. Um, and also, I think it means that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to beat Knives Out most of the time, which makes me very sad because I loved Knives Out. Okay, I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in comedy comedy category is category fraud. Yep. I, that's not a comedy. Yep. There are funny moments, but it is not a comedy. No. And I am not a Tarantino fan, and I actually liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a lot more than I expected. Same. But still, Knives Out was, like, in right. my top five for sure. So. Yeah. Um, I also didn't like Tarantino's speech much at all. Mm-mm. Nobody cares. Nobody no. cares about no. who your screenwriter mentors are. And his whole, like, the only person I have to thank is myself. I'm like, dude, just like, <sighs> pretend, you know? Just, yep. Tough look. Yeah. And Brad Pitt's speech was nice. Charming. Yeah. Someone on Twitter said that watching Brad Pitt do that was like when the really cool jock in high school writes like, hey, bud, call me this summer. We'll hang out by my pool. And like, you know, he's not serious and he knows he's not serious. Mm -hmm. But like, you want to believe it. Like, you want to believe that like Brad Pitt is going to like hang, you know, you're Mm going to meet him and he's going to be like, (laughs) chill. 
Which is like he's Brad yeah. Pitt. There's no way that's true. But like his whole vibe was like, that's just nice. everybody's great, you know. And I yeah. loved it. I was like, Brad, I just want to <laughs> believe in this. You're bringing me hope in times of hopelessness. True. True. Um, my thought going into the Oscars from this is that 1917 is going to win quite a bit, but it's mm-hmm. going to be like it's Roger Deakins, so cinematography, yeah, sound editing, mm-hmm. like war movie, like kind of Dunkirk stuff. Category <laughs> Dunkirk stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not thinking Best Picture. No. My my only hope is that Parasite breaks out of the foreign film category into other categories <laughs> is my one hope, but it didn't for the Golden Globes except for director, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to follow the Roma pattern That's and they're going to give best picture to the Irishman. Yeah. The Irishman was completely shut out, which is yeah, kind of wild. True. That's true. And that's the one I have to see. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a long one. That, that's what's <laughs> keeping me, <laughs> holding me back. It's long. And I made a mistake by watching it at home. Ah. If you can get to a theater to see it, I would because yeah. I watched it in chunks and I got super confused. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Anyway. Golden Globes are always crazy. Uh, Ricky Gervais really brought the whole ceremony down. Yeah, I liked the Oscars last year when there was no host. It was actually it was really great. refreshing. It so. was great. Well, and the Golden Globes last year had Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh, and they were just like two nice people. I know, and I love them both. So. Yeah, like they, you don't – anyway, I could go on and on about Ricky Gervais and what an annoyance he is, but I would rather talk about Little Women. Yes, me too. Which is why I brought you in here today. Yes. Um, tell me your history with the story of Little Women. Oh, boy. Um, like so many other people, this one has been with me for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I read the book in, like, late elementary school, um, and I grew up watching the 1994 film, and I was actually in the musical in high school. The musical's actually really lovely. I did not know there was a musical. There is. It's really, really lovely. The music's nice. I mean, it's just nothing groundbreaking. I mean, it's the story of Little Women with nice music, but it's nice. Um, and so... I was very excited for Greta Gerwig and this cast, and I've been looking forward to it all year. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was going to be my favorite of the year because Parasite was kind of holding my number one slot for a long time. But yeah. I did decide it was my number one because um, definitely my favorite <laughs> of the year. Let's back up. Who were you in the musical? Oh, I was just a background person. This okay. was when I was a baby sophomore in high school. <laughs> okay. um, but... Uh, I grew up my whole life wanting to be Joe, but um, I think I'm definitely a Meg. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Why are you a Meg? I don't know. Um, I definitely wasn't the one breaking barriers. I'm like kind of okay with the status quo, and it's like, okay, I don't know. Okay. I like that. Uh, I'm an Amy. Yep. I was going to ask. For sure. Mm-hmm. I think we all want to think we're Joes, and like only Joe is Joe. That's accurate. And Amy, what I like about Amy is she's revolutionary. And she's revolutionary within a system. Yes. Whereas Joe's trying to break out of a system, mm-hmm. Amy is fighting for herself within a system, which is something I find myself doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I took that dumb, like, Enneagram. Have you taken that thing? Like, Mm-mm. what kind of person are you? Heard of it, though. Uh, and I was very upset with my results because it was like, you are competitive to your core. All you <laughs> care about is succeeding. I was like, rude. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, and I see a lot of that in Amy, and this has been talked about so much. I don't know that we need to talk that much more about it, mm-hmm. but Greta Gerwig's adaptation really brought depth to Amy mm-hmm. in the way the other adaptations I've seen haven't. No, that's definitely true, because uh, growing up, I hated Amy. Right. And I have heard this experience with a lot of people because she's just kind of a brat. You don't see her in Paris, and she's just back, and she's like, I'm married now, and you're like, 
cool. Yeah. You're like, you You feel like you, Joe has been robbed of what was rightfully hers. Um, and I know people are talking about Greta Gerwig adding depth to Amy more than ever before, but I think the main reason for that was the parallel timelines. Yes. Um, because you're seeing her um, as a mature adult who has learned and as kind of an immature child. And so you're not like so frustrated with her for like, being a child because you see what she becomes yeah and you're a lot more like kind to her and you understand where she's coming from a lot more um like her speech about being second to joe i was like oh no <laughs> yeah i know yeah it's, it's rough uh mm-hmm. so i saw the 94 version when it was out mm-hmm. i think i was like an eight-year-old and i went with my mom and i loved it mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and read the book, but reading the book was just me picturing the movie. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where when you see the movie first and then you read the book, you're just kind of envisioning the movie the whole time. True. And I worship the 94 version, like Winona forever. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's great. It's canon. I think about Christian it all Bell's the cute. time. That's Christian cool. Bell's great <laughs> as Lori slash Teddy. Yes. But this one really blew me out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was bawling within five minutes and. Like, what is happening? I don't know what to do. Do I need to call an ambulance? But I was like, no, just don't worry about it. It's little woman. Um, you mentioned the timeline. Mm-hmm. What uh, Greta Gerwig has done here is kind of revolutionary in that she's chopped up the movie. Mm-hmm. So the other adaptations go chronologically. Um, they start when they're young. They age. Uh, in this one, she starts um, in their adult life. Not at the end of the story, but in their adult life. And then there's flashbacks to their youth. And people have said it's confusing, and I think the reason they're Mm -hmm. finding it confusing, and I'm interested to see if you agree, is in the 94 adaptation of Little Women, Kirsten Dunst plays Amy, Mm -hmm. like child Amy. And then a older actress, whose name I've forgotten, plays adult Amy. Mm -hmm. In this movie, Florence Pugh plays both child Amy and adult Amy. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's where people are tripping up? It could be. Um, Also... I think using the same actresses is a big problem because I found myself knowing what timeline we were in a lot better when Joe's hair is cut. Yes. And then when she has the same haircut, you're kind of like, I don't really know what's going on. So, yeah, I think the same actress is definitely part of the problem. Um, and also maybe people being unfamiliar with the story could be a problem because I didn't have a problem with the timeline, but I know the story front and back, so that could be my own Exactly. Thing. I knew the story, so I knew what they were doing when they were doing it Mm -hmm. because of my history with the story. And I wonder if I hadn't known that, how confused I would have been. Yes. Do you think that will be a problem for the success of the movie? Like the movie is doing really well, but do you think it's uh, people have heard it's confusing. People have seen it and are confused. Oscar voters have seen it and don't understand what's happening. Maybe do you think that's an obstacle for this or is it easy enough to get over I think it's easy enough to get over. I think that this movie's main problem with award season is that men don't want to see it. <laughs> Do you, is that true, though? I don't know how true it is. People, I've read places, but everyone I've talked to has been interested in it because Greta Gerwig has become this big name. Yeah. Um, but I have read a lot that a lot of people are hesitant to see it because it's seen as like a women's story. But really, it, I see it as always very universal, but I always have. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 part of me hopes that's just one of those Twitter things could be that, like, people are mad to be mad. Yep, that could be very well be. If it's true, I'm very annoyed because mm-hmm. women's stories are people's stories. Yep. I and mean, this is a story about people in the same way a movie about men. It's the, the freaking Irishman is a story about people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie that should be seen by everyone. 
100%. And I took my husband, and he really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, every man I've talked to who have seen it has really enjoyed it. My dad it. loved it. So. It's a it's a well-made film by a very talented director. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that Greta is nominated for this. Me too. She was for Lady Bird, so I don't know why she yeah. wouldn't be. How did this compare to Lady Bird for you? I liked it more, but I'm kind of in the minority where I liked Lady Bird, but I didn't love Lady Bird. And I rewatched it recently, and I still can't quite figure out why, because I love Saoirse. I love Greta Gerwig. I thought it had a lot of great moments. Um, But for me, it just didn't stay with me as much as some other films have. Um, But I can definitely see how this is kind of the next step in her career. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So I I would say if you like Lady Bird, you definitely like Little Women. Um, For me, Little Women is better. Which is pretty incredible because most sophomore attempts are kind of like, meh. Yes. Like, did you see Us this year? Mm -hmm, I did. I didn't love Us. Mm -hmm. I loved Get Out. Mm -hmm. And Us, I was like, meh. I think a second movie is a little harder to pull off because there are all these expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, People are waiting to see what you create. Whereas before it was like, oh, what's Lady Bird? You know, this is fun and new. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, Little Women's coming and it's Greta and it's going to be amazing. And to actually pull that off Mm -hmm. is pretty remarkable. And the fact that there's already a movie adaptation and it's a story that a lot of, pe- a lot of people are very connected to. Yeah. So I'm very pleased that she pulled a it off. A good movie adaptation. Yeah. Like, that's kind of ballsy to be like, this thing is good. I'm going to make it better. I love the 94. So. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But like this, I'm like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, you really did it. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so weirdly proud of you, Greta. Yep. Uh, let's talk about casting. Oh, boy. What worked? What didn't? So, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um... <laughs> I like him, uh, but I, I still wasn't sold on him for really? a while because I, I, he was great in Call Me By Your Name. In Lady Bird, he was good, but like there's only so much you can do with that character. So oh, I, I just l- like wasn't sure. Loved him in Lady Bird. He He's made hilarious. me laugh so hard in Lady Bird. For sure. Um, so him as Laurie, I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, him dancing with Joe outside on the porch was just like. Just that's when the tears started for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all the stuff with Amy. I'm just so happy we saw him and Amy interact in Paris because I feel like that's something that I've missed from like everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think he was my, one of my favorites. And then everyone's talking about Florence Pugh, which makes sense because um, she's great. Uh, I saw all the movies she's been in this year. She's been in three. So I saw Fighting With My Family, which was I great. I haven't seen that. It's a great feel good one. Um and then Midsommar. <laughs> which is bananas. Which is bananas. And she's so good in that. Um, and I actually was listening to an interview with her and she talked about shooting Little Women immediately after Midsommar. Oh, really? <laughs> and she was like, it was the perfect therapy that she needed because yeah. she got to be a child for like four months after whatever that movie was. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, her, her switch between um, child Amy and adult Amy is just like unbelievable. Also, I forget she's British all the time because her American accent is so good. Yeah. Um, And then I love Saoirse Forever. Saoirse Forever, for sure. Um, Any that didn't work for you? Um, I love Emma Watson. Do you? But (laughs) I feel like her acting struggles sometimes and her her American accent struggles sometimes. Um, and she didn't have a ton to do in this movie, and I think that was probably for the best. So, yeah. like, I'm not mad at the casting choice, but I don't know. So I actually, I really don't think she's talented. Like, I think that she's yeah. a wonderful person and a great activist, and she's Hermione forever. Exactly. Uh, but, like, she doesn't have a lot of acting chops. I actually thought Meg was a pretty good role for her because mm-hmm. she just needs to be, like, a nice person. Yeah, her job is to just kind of be 
this symbol of a traditional life against Joe, and that's okay, right? Yeah. She's just kind of that role. Um, and so, again, not mad at the casting choice, but um, sometimes her acting struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Laura Dern. I don't know. I was nervous because I... I've been seeing her as <laughs> this rich lawyer in Big Little Lies and Marriage Story. Right. And so I was like, how is she going to be in a period film? And I was a little bit nervous. Did she work for you? Not really. Yeah. Not really. I kept seeing um, Dinosaur Scientist <laughs> um, and Big Little Lies. And, uh, you know, I listened to Who Weekly, which is a fun podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was listening this morning and they were saying that she just she's modern. Yeah. She doesn't fit in period movies. Yeah. And I think she wanted to try and fit in this one, and it just didn't work quite right. It wasn't really mm. any. It's like you just can't pinpoint what it is, but it's just not quite right. Yeah. It worked better than I thought because I had this fear going into it. Um, but, yeah, still, I just picture her in, like, jeans and a blazer, and I'm like, this is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe it's because she's so tall and elegant. It just it doesn't feel mm-hmm. Civil War era to me. Mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk, I was like, oh, here's Saul. You know? I, I didn't know he was in it and he came in and I just kind of laughed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a little wild. It kind of takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Meryl Streep was used just the correct amount. I agree. Um, because whenever you put Meryl Streep in anything, you have this danger that she's going to steal the whole show. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't. She's just in it in just like little nice pieces. Um, she reminded me of Judy Dench in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice a little bit. Sure. <laughs> just kind of little yeah. doses and yeah, it's yeah, nice, yeah. but not overpowering. Yeah. Totally. Because I, I don't know, like it's like adding saffron to a recipe, right? Like mm-hmm. you just really need a little bit to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And I think that was Meryl in this movie. Yep. So there's some controversy surrounding this movie for, you know, the reasons you would expect um, was being lauded as like a feminist movie. And I think it's interesting. There's a speech added to it. Um, I I don't think it's in the book, the speech that Joe makes to her mom. I don't think it is either. I think that was written specifically for the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a speech that resonated with me. But do you think it was a speech that's necessary for a 2019 adaptation of Little Women? Um. Yes, because my favorite part about the speech is it's kind of a very, what you would expect, feminist speech, strong female character, very stereotypical. But at the very, very end, uh, Saoirse Ronan just says, but I'm so lonely. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think we don't talk about that enough where, yes, strong, independent woman, we talk about that all the time. It's fine. Um, But she does at this one point just want to be with someone, even if she doesn't truly love him. Um, because it is a lonely road that she's chosen, and that doesn't make her any less of like a feminist female icon. But yeah. um, she does have that moment where she wants something else, you know. And I love that message. It's okay to want to be with someone. Yeah, absolutely. And so that I think that um, if the speech didn't have that, I would be like, I don't know if this was necessary. But I think that that touch really, really was one of my favorite parts of the film. I think so too. Anything else that she added that wasn't in the book? Um, was that it's Amy? been a long time. I think I don't think we see Lori and Amy alone together at all. Like I, maybe I'm wrong, but I seem to remember them just like coming back from Paris and being like, "We're married now," and then everyone's mad. Um, yeah. So I think that all those scenes are great, um, especially when uh, Amy's talking about how women don't have a lot of options, and yeah. again, she's working within the system, like you said. 
Um, so I was listening to an interview Greta Gerwig did, mm-hmm. um, and she was explaining. Virginia Woolf gives this very famous, it was a speech turned into text, um, a woman needs a room of her own. Mm-hmm. You need a room of your own to write. And how a lot of people interpreted that to mean like, oh, you need, you know, you need space and you need tranquility and you need a beautiful view to be inspired. Mm-hmm. But what she was really saying, uh, or a lot of people's interpretation, is that you need money. You need to be able to afford a place mm-hmm. and time to write. And that was a luxury a lot of women did not have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why there weren't historically a lot of women writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that scene where Amy is explaining to Lori why she needs to get married and why she needs to get married rich was like actually eye-opening for me. Someone mm-hmm. who like devours period pieces and loves them. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that's why they're all spending so much time trying to marry someone wealthy. It's so they can have an actual life. And it's honestly a quality of life thing. Like it's with such limited options, you have to marry a certain way if you want to live any sort of life. That was your way to fulfill your dreams, Mm -hmm. was to marry well. That was the only way you were going to do it. Mm -hmm. Which is, I mean, we've come a long way, you know? I'm just, like, very grateful that that's not always our system now. I don't think that's true that it's not ever the system. It's not always the system now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of really sheds a very enlightening light on all the stories from that time. Mm -hmm. What do you think the Oscar chances are for this? Again, the Golden Globes make me very nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, because if I remember right, I think just Sersha was nominated and maybe a Best Original Score. Yeah. Um, but first of all, I thought the cinematography was beautiful. Yeah. Um, Do we know who the cinematographer was? I, yes, it's the same guy he did um, Personal Shopper and Clouds of Sils Maria. He does a lot of French stuff, um, but all really beautiful stuff. He does more, but I can't remember right now. But um, yeah, it was filmed very beautifully. Uh I'm sure it'll be up for costumes, but um, and I'm sure Sersha will be up, but I really want Florence Pugh yeah. to be up for something. I what? thought Florence Pugh was the best part. Yeah, I think uh, Best Supporting Actress. Um, I don't think she'll be nominated for Best Actress for Midsommar, but one can dream. Uh, <laughs> she is very good in it. She's very good. Um, <laughs> but I just really want it to break into at least writing and directing categories, and yeah. it's for sure a Best Picture for me, but... I'm nervous that it's not going to make it. I think it will be. Okay, I think that good. There are 10. Have hope. Yep, there, that's true. There are 10. I think we're looking at Little Women, Irishman, um, 1917, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, The Joker, Barf. Yep. I mean, I haven't seen it. That's not fair. But like, no, it's fair. <laughs> um, I think maybe Uncut Gems. Is that crazy? Uh, maybe a little bit. A24 struggles. A24 <laughs> struggles, but... That movie was crazy. It was crazy. Adam Sandler for sure, right? He's got to be up. Adam Sandler. Maybe The Farewell. Yeah, I'm praying The Farewell. So I hope Parasite. I'm. They have to nominate it, right? And I, Jojo I think Jojo Rabbit. Did you like Jojo Rabbit? I did. I did too. And I know that's not popular. Yeah. Because people, I thought Taika Waititi nailed the Nazi comedy tone in like a respectful but good way. But people disagree with me. Anyway. I just think if you're going to make a movie about the Holocaust, you're going to know that some people are not going to like it. That's true. A comedy about mm-hmm. the Holocaust. I mean, that's a that's a tough tough one to sell, but I very, thought he did hard. it okay. He did. A, a comedy about the Holocaust starring Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's but a lot going on. I thought he pulled it off. And um, Knives Out, do you think it's going to be Best I'm, Picture? I've never seen a Best Picture nominee like Knives Out. I would love mm-hmm. to see that. Me too. 
Do you think there's a chance Little Women could win? I mean, Golden Globes does not always mean Oscar predictions, but I think, I don't know. I'm I'm very nervous with movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917 and The Irishman being up there. Big epics. So I'm not sure it's going to push through. I mean, I want it to, um, and I love being wrong. My favorite part about being wrong was Olivia Coleman last year. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe. But maybe. I don't know. I think Parasite might have a better chance at this picture than Little Women, which is crazy. I would really like to see Parasite win. Which I would be very happy about. Yeah. I just feel like something like 1917 or The Irishman, like, that's just kind of boring. You know, like, they're good movies, but, like... But based on Green Book last year, I just don't even know what to think (laughs) anymore. That was so wild. That was such a disaster. My parents were thrilled. Um... (laughs) And they listen. I love you both so much. Um, <laughs> just tell me, in conclusion, yep. what what does this story, what does Little Women mean to you? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, first of all, I love uh, movies about sisters because yeah. I have one little sister. Um, and so this is why I love the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, which I've already mentioned before because I will always talk about the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Do you prefer that um, to the BBC? I do, actually. Interesting. Which is interesting. Um, but I haven't seen the BBC in a while, so. Uh, so I love period pieces. Uh, I love me a good romance. I love uh, sister movies. So it really just kind of ticks all the boxes. And I think um, the biggest thing is seeing different types of women and their life paths. Like we talked about Amy within the system, mm-hmm. Joe outside of the system, Meg super within the system. Um and just people making their way with what they have. Uh, and I don't know. I think it's just an important story for everybody about, like, paths and, like, people. What am I saying? <laughs> um, it's mostly just about people finding a path that works for them. Yeah. Um, which I think is really important, especially now. And that's why the story has survived for so long, I think. I think this is a story you can read in a million different ways. We haven't even mm-hmm. talked about this, but it's a story about a grieving family. That's true. Um, and what grief does to a life and what it compels you to do or not do mm-hmm. and how it can move you. I think it's a story about finding your right match. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie wants you to want Joe to end up with someone who she doesn't ultimately end up with. And that's kind of... Not common mm-hmm. in a story like this, and it's I hard. really like it. Mm-hmm. I really like what the story does. Yeah, um, I think it's a story about feminism. I think it's a story about pursuing your dreams. I think it's a story about family, um, about community. And I think, like you said earlier, I think it's universal. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to make a quick warning. This next part is a spoiler, um, but I want to ask you, do you think this movie ends the way it suggests it ends. Does Joe's story end with her getting married or is that us seeing the ending she added to the book in order to get the book published? That's an excellent question because I love how the movie makes it ambiguous and how you're doubting and you're like, is this her book or is this real life? Um, I think she does end up with him, Mm -hmm. but I am a hopeless romantic when it comes to the period film, so I am very biased, and I could see it going either way. But I think 
especially based on her speech that she wants somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's like a horrible end for her. And I know that they talk about like she either has to end up like dead or married and whatever. But um, I don't think that's such a bad ending for Joe. You know, I don't know if she got married, but I hope she did. That's, yeah, I think I'm with you there. And I like that the movie can is okay with me believing that she did. Yep. And I think that it's cool that you can decide for yourself. Yeah, I do too. What ending for Joe, because everyone feels connected to Joe, I feel like. Absolutely. I think we feel connected to all of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Meg. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Emma, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, take a minute and tell us what you're studying and why you know as much about movies as oh, you yeah. do. Um, so uh, I did... Uh, my undergrad degree in film, um, mm-hmm. where I made movies, but then I just kind of decided I like talking about movies way more than making them. It's kind yeah. of a miserable process. So I commend people who can do that path. Um, and right now I'm actually getting a master's degree in popular culture. Very cool. And I'm studying audiences and fans. Um, and it's really fun. And that's just kind of what I'm passionate about. So, Well, it's been such a treat to have you here. Yeah, and thank you for thank having you me. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, remember to leave a good rating and review on wherever you are listening to this podcast. And we will be back next week to talk the premiere of The Bachelor. So we will see you then.